0: Hello and welcome to the Winners Never Quit podcast about mental resilience, learning from hardship, all to build a winner's mindset. Hosted by myself, Jack Jarvis, and if you could like, follow or subscribe to the podcast, I'd really, really appreciate it. Today, I am joined by Matt Jarvis, former England international with over 400 professional caps for Gillingham, Wolves, West Ham, Norwich and Woking. Since retiring in 2021, he has moved into football punditry and he joins me now, Matt. Welcome, mate. Thank you for coming on the pod, mate. Really appreciate it. How are you doing, mate?
1: Yeah, absolute pleasure. Thank you for, for letting me come on the pod.
0: No, mate. Any time. I've been looking forward to this one for a while. So, um, yeah, let's get straight into it. We start every podcast the same, mate. How do you define winning in your life?
1: See, I would unfortunately probably have to break that down in a couple of sections. I think, you know, first first one would be family. I think winning, uh, you know, in life I think I'm very lucky. I've got a you know a wife and two healthy kids, a uh, fantastic family with me as well. Like parents, brother, yeah, the, the whole the whole circle, I suppose. And that in my mind is is winning. I've got a roof over our heads, got a, you know a nice, uh, I suppose a nice life. Um, and that is winning. I think for for me on that side of things, I think I really, you know, uh, it's it's something that's so important to me is family being together and being able to. To enjoy that, and since retiring, I've been able to obviously been around a a, a, you know a lot lot more because that's one of the things. It's not a regret at all, but I missed a lot of my son. He's the older one. He's six now. I lost, I missed a bit of his for the first two years. I wasn't around as much as I would have liked. I Obviously, I know loads of other you know people in the same position in different walks of life, but you know. I was then able to enjoy and be spend so much time with my daughter and my son since, since retiring. So that's, that's a massive bonus to me. The other side of things is, is obviously, you know, the football side and the, yeah, the, the competitive nature that I think everyone, everyone has. And that comes out in, in me in, in sport. I'm, I'm super competitive, you know, and that, that's what drives you forward. Um, you know, it's been a, Again, a luxury, I suppose, being able to to play football and and have a career in 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 professional sport. Um, but that again comes down to dedication. Work. I was don't think I was ever probably the the most technically gifted player, but I was one that there's not there's not many that would have probably worked harder and you know before after training and would have dedica- I dedicated my life to it. You know. I, just certain things that i find i find funny is you know my wife always says when we first sort of met i you know i would i wouldn't be out later than quarter past 10 i was going home to bed because i was up training the next day and it's the dedication the stuff that you don't see you people sacrifice. don't sacrifice yeah you, you sacrifice for your for your for yourself really it's not for anyone else it's for yourself and you know i you know i dedicated my life to, to playing football and and um i've no regrets on that it's the, it's the, you know you can say it's a job but it is the best hobby in the world to be able to to do that and and winning define winning and that is i can look back at goals and achievements that that i set myself i suppose and you know we're sat in here in, in my gym and there's a few shirts up on the wall and you know i've got my england one up and that for me is is winning you know being able to represent my country yeah, you know, no. on a big stage um is is an absolute dream come true, and, and defining winning is just being able to look back and be proud of what you've done and achieved in, in your uh, industry, and for me, it is football, and I can sit here and not satisfied, um, because you never want to retire, but I can look back now and be comfortable in the sense that I can see my shirts, I can see my career and go, yeah, I really enjoyed it, and, and I, you know, I did well.
0: No, you did really well. I think that's a bit of an understatement. Um, so, before we talk about internationals and, and playing in the prem, let's roll it all the way back. You started out at Mill, but you got released. And how did? And then how did you move to um, Gillingham? Talk us through that.
1: Yeah, so you know, uh, like unfortunately, statistic wise, you know, I was 16 trying to get a youth team contract at Mill, and, and I got released, told not good enough. Um, and as a 16-year-old kid, still at school it was extremely difficult. Um, you know, I, I I remember, I can remember it, I was, me and my dad went in and uh, there was all of the coaches there, it was four, for like, it was basically like, yes, no, no, <laughs> you know, it's is it that sort of, I suppose. Like Britain's Got yeah, Talent yeah, almost. like that, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I come out and there was a Gillingham scout pretty much around the corner as soon as I come out going, look, we've got a game tomorrow, um, we'd love you to come and play and, you know, get yourself straight back into it and, and I said, no, um, I just found it all too much. I was like, I can't, I just couldn't face it. Um, couldn't face
0: the rejection again.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think it was more that like I just found it very difficult to, to you know, to be told at 16 year olds, you're not good enough. Um, I, I found myself driving home. You know, obviously, my mum and dad drove me home. And I, I remember just sitting in a car thinking, I don't know whether I... I'll, I'll just maybe just go and play locally with my mates, uh, just for enjoyment and, and doing that. But I was, you know, I was very lucky in the sense that the Gillingham scout Bernie Dillon kept on calling me and was like, you know, oh, Carl, come, come, come training, come training. And after about two weeks, I ended up going training. And to be honest, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't great in training. Uh, I must have showed glimpses of, of bits and pieces, but. I was nowhere near my best. Uh confidence wise, I it took took a massive hit. And um it you know, I, I found it difficult. Um but I got offered the uh the youth team contract and for me it was just like a light bulb moment in, in me. I went into training, I moved I went into digs, so I lived away from home. Uh, so moved out at sixteen, uh lived in digs with two other teammates at the time. Um and then you sort of grow up really quickly, and I think that that whole situation was just sort of what I needed. Um, you could, as we say, about dedicating your life. I was because you know none of us could drive. We were in digs. We had to. We got picked up by the the youth team manager and dropped home by the youth team manager. So we were in early and we left super late. So what did we do? You know, we didn't just mess around. We were playing football. We were doing one touch, two touch. We were playing. You know, so we were practicing in in better in ourselves I suppose and that that was like a light bulb moment for me to confidence wise as well you know I I just hit the ground running um youth team was was really enjoyable um first and foremost but I did really well uh, in my first year I I started actually playing a lot of the games up front because I was quick it it was one of them you just kick the ball over the top and run on it yeah chase after it yeah yeah so that that was a good starting point for me but it wasn't until the, the second year I went on pre-season tour with the first team, um, which was amazing. Where was that? It was Touquet. I think <laughs> they still go there now. <laughs> yeah. But um, it was great for me. We had some really experienced um, first team as well. So there's sort of a lot of um, great guys that you know, really helped me um, in the sense that you 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 realise the dedication that it needs to to play in the first team. It also the importance you know people were if they didn't win the game you know you didn't get that win bonus or something. you you're, you know your mortgage you know you needed to pay your mortgage this was like is a massive wake-up call to be like actually this is more than just a hobby now You, it's people's livelihoods and and that scenario which again as I say you know you grow up pretty quick when it comes to things like that and they helped me tremendously to to you know, in training, if I was you know, I'd sprint past someone and they that you know, they would be like, Don't ever do that to me again. And you step and you sort of like, Okay, yeah, yeah. Right. but you, you 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 get you get belief in yourself, but also you get respect off the other players, and that's how it naturally grows. And I I sort of stayed in the first team after that pre season, and as I said, I don't think I ever sort of look back. I always you you I always mention that I got released uh at 16 at Mill because statistically, so many people do, and you can. You can you can go two ways. My brother got released at the same age from Millwall, and unfortunately, he had injuries and and didn't sort of carry on, and he went in in another direction. But for me, I was I was fortunate. That I was got given that other chance, and I, and I, I went and took it with with both hands.
0: Yeah, no, certainly. Do you think it was better the way you did it, like on the job training? And what what league were Gillingham in at the time? They were in the Championship. championship at the time, yeah, yeah. Rather than potentially maybe on know being at a like a Man United it's Academy. Not,
1: it's it's really difficult because I look at it now and I'm so proud the way that I've, I've done it because it's, it, you know, you do, you start sort of at the bottom and you work your way up. We were, Ch- Gillingham were in the Championship but we got relegated. So we were in League One. So I I worked my way from League One, Championship, Premier League, International. So I, I, it, was, it was an incredible journey. But you look around and you think, I'm so proud the way I did it. I don't want to redo it all again and... and see what the other way but then you know I've got my son now who's loves football and wants to do it and, I, and you start sort of looking and you think well actually if you go to one of the big boys and you start there and you don't quite make it there you drop down a little bit you don't drop from top to bottom you drop a little bit and then you get another opportunity then you can drop down again whereas if you don't make it at the bottom yeah. you're out yeah, yeah. so it's it, this is a fine balance uh you know i i wouldn't ever change anything the way i did it i i loved it the clubs i played for were fantastic and the fans and everything about it but for me personally it's just that hunger to keep striving to get to the next level to next level next level and and just keep working
0: yeah when you got relegated did you have a good season that that year yes yeah. Pers- personally yeah um, how do you balance that, you know, in the team? You're looking around like, come on, let's pull your weight here a bit. Or, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Always wondered about yeah, no, that well, dynamic.
1: It wasn't that at all for me. I was, you know, that I was quite early on playing in the in the first team, so yeah, you know, I was doing well. But it was such a strange journey home because I was like buzzing to be in the first team. You know, and playing in in the championship. I mean, what kid wasn't? Um, but you had that mixture of age groups, play, players that were sort of maybe towards the end. Some are in their prime. Some are. Maybe younger but that bus journey home was horrendous everyone did you play on the last we were not in a forest away and we had to win and we drew and got relegated and yeah everyone on the way home was just like either on their phones talking to agents trying to get out or just quiet and you knew that that was just going to be a huge moment because that change room was going to be split and it was basically start again um and and as i mentioned a lot of them players really helped me and great people and and um that was it, you don't, you know, there's no sort of like, that was it, bus journey, everyone sort of got off and that was it, you don't really see anyone again. Yeah. You start with a whole new squad in pre-season. Do but you
0: think, I was going to say, do you think the um, getting released from Millwall helped you deal with that situation because you'd already sort of tasted that, that, um, that f- I hate to use the word failure, but failure at Millwall and then, you know, you got relegated, but you're like...
1: No, to be honest, this is where I, I, I yeah, I suppose I have to give... You know uh, my my parents who they they were sports people growing when i was well i wasn't growing up then before i was born they both funny enough they played um table tennis for england oh, yeah. they were both england number ones my mum won the european mixed doubles and things like that but i i genuinely feel like the advice and the because they've been and done it i think my dad drilled it into me very early on about doesn't matter about anyone else if you keep Doing what you do and you work and you work and you work, it'll pay off in the end. So for me, it wasn't like I was obviously gutted that we got relegated because I, you know, I want you want to play at the highest level. But yeah. for me, I used it as a positive. It was right now, I'm going to play week in, week out. I'm going to be able to show everyone what I can do. And, you know, if you're dropping down at a league, maybe you can show your talent a little bit more. And yeah. it was always that one that, you know, y- you have to. You have to go and do it, and that's, you know, as 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 a young kid, I'm still. I think I'm 18. You know that it is pressure, but it's. I've I've always been my biggest critic, um, and you you know whether you've played well or you haven't, and you don't need anyone else to tell you. Um, and that's the that that's the the hardest bit about you know feeling having that pressure as a, as a young kid, but at that age you you are fearless you just go out and, and do it especially in my position I was a winger I was always wanting the ball taking players on that that I suppose roar from the crowd or that when you get the ball that anticipation everyone off their seat that's what drives you forward to, yeah. to do
0: it more and more that big sucking of air like I oh, was yeah. Yeah. yeah so when um, you drop down to League One you have a good season that season at Gillingham don't you and is that when you move to Wolves after that, that yeah, first so season I was in, in League t- One I
1: was in I was in the team of the year um so you did have a very good season, yeah. So it was it was it was really good. And you know, we talk about, you know, I I um I had a hernia and um, and at the time the manager wouldn't because I was obviously I was playing well. The manager wouldn't let me have the operation. And um, one of the one of the games, my last game, I think he cancelled my up about three times. But my last game was against Sunderland away, and I played about seventy minutes because I couldn't run around anymore. Um and it was against Mick McCarthy, and it was against his team, and I done really well. And obviously, in the summer when I was l- looking to move, really, my contract was was up. Obviously, I was on a, uh, yeah, I wasn't on a Bosman. I, you know, you had to have compensation because I was under the age of twenty four. He always remembers that game, and it's like if I had had that operation before, would I have played in that game? And you look at everything, just sort of goes into, you know, just it's just. It, one of them things it just everything happens for a reason and that game specifically obviously got me a move to to Wolves and and that moment I actually went um, and met Mick in Portugal uh, in the summer to have a conversation and him to tell me about Wolves and why he wants me there and for me to ask any questions and you know ever since I I met him that that was it I was always going to go to Wolves and he's he's probably the the best manager I've worked with um he he was he was brilliant for me. He's super. Like the biggest compliment I can give him is he's honest. Uh, tell you whether you you've done well if you yeah. haven't done well. What he wants from you, you know that that whole package. And and as players, we are you know it's quite simple. You just want to be told the truth, and that's very difficult. Um, in in you know a lot of industries, but it's specifically in in football.
0: What did he teach you? If you said he was the best manager you've you've worked under, what did he teach you about leadership and you know? Um, all that sort of important sort of man management stuff
1: I think you know straight away off the back when I first signed at, at Wolves I actually got injured in pre-season um, and I was out for the first sort of two months I think I missed the first two months or just under two months of the season and for me you know, going from sort of a, a bit of an unknown going into Wolves who were in the championship he was building a team full of it was a little bit of a mixture of older players but full of youngsters that hadn't really sort of done it at that stage yet so I was gutted that I missed you know, I missed most of pre season and then the first sort of month and a half of the season. Um and he was straight away would come in and put his arm around me and was like, Look, I completely understand, you want to show everyone what you can do, it's your new club, everything like that. He said I when I signed at Celtic, he missed the first sort of three, four months of the season, couldn't do it, so he was like, Look, I completely understand your position. Don't rush, get it right, work yourself back and then when you're ready, then you can show everyone what you're about and it just them little things when you just joined the club I think I was 19 20 years old desperate to do well um and you just you have that bit of not relaxation but a bit of that oh that pressure's just been taken off a little bit because the manager's come out he's backed me he's really wants me to do well understands my situation sees that I'm absolutely desperate to to play um and it, it just gave me even more confidence to when I did get back fit I just was flying and, and ready to do well for him as well. Um, as well as having a, a you know an amazing group of players that as I said, there was a few older players that had been there and done it that that helped the youngsters and there was a lot of us youngsters that hadn't played at that level or just played at that level, hadn't played in the Premier League. So that hunger and desire to do that was, was paramount.
0: Yeah, what um was it that first season that you got with Wolves that they got promoted? Second. Second we, we
1: missed out on the playoffs by one goal. Um, which was hard to take. Yeah. I think I genuinely think that that, I know it sounds you know cliche, but that made us so much more determined and mentally ready to do it the following season. I think that first thing, we might not have been ready um, in a weird sense, uh, but the following year, you just knew from pre-season that we were going to have a good season.
0: Yeah, what was that run like? What was in that whole short season? Can you, you summarise it? So? It's,
1: uh, it's just like riding a wave. Yeah. You know, we were... It was just, a, it was an amazing experience because we were all similar age. You know, we we're one or two older pros that have been and done it. But so as a, as a squad, we were all going out together with girlfriends, wives, yeah. you know, everyone was out together after games and or going out, you know, paintballing or golf or whatever it was. It was riding that wave of consistently winning each game. Um, you know, if we went 1-0 down, we knew we were going to score, we were going to come back. And it, it's, it's that confidence that breeds in, in a team and you you know that you had players doesn't doesn't matter who was playing everyone wanted that team to do well and it was it's a strange scenario to be in i think that that not playing at the, the highest level and that hunger really came out in that in that team that everyone was desperate to do well uh, and ultimately i think that that got us through
0: yeah and you, so you move up to the prem what was the, like, the biggest difference that you noticed from the championship to the premier league
1: um t- to to make it simple i think the 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 biggest difference is in the championship you you get less time on the ball but it's easier to do something with if i'm talking from a wide player's yeah. perspective you get less time because it's it's so quick everyone's rushing around you know ratting your Getting close, trying to tackle you, but it's such you, a physical league and yeah, a championship as well, definitely. But when you get turned and you get an opportunity to take someone, it's it's not easier as as such, but they're not as quick, they're not as sharp, they're not maybe as good defensively, or something. and you just you can do you, if there's a pass on, you can see it, you can chop, you can go down the line, you can cut inside. There's just slightly easier to do something with. Whereas the Premier League, you get more time on the ball. They have you get that little bit more respect. You get a touch, you can maybe get turned, but then. You go to shoot, they've come out and blocked you. You go to cross the ball, they've blocked it. You you faked to cross and you go down the line. They they've got pace, they've got the arm across. They you know it, it's just harder to do something with. Uh, so I think that was is the biggest difference from the championship to the Premier League, and you get punished in the Premier League. You maybe you had ten shots in the in the championship against you, and they scored one goal. Whereas you get two shots in the Premier, you're you're
0: two 0 down. Did you did you take a few? Well. Did you take any bad uh, batterings in that first season? Like, it's sort of learning.
1: Uh, yeah, I think we had a few. I was yeah, just only that think, facial yeah, expression, yeah, uh, yeah.
0: expression when you said "punished." I was like, "Oh, yeah. is there a game he's thinking of there?"
1: Do, do you know? What? I think the biggest sort of we had a wake-up call very early on. I think we played um, Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, and I remember I think we I think we lost three or four nil. Um, but it it wasn't just the scoreline. It was I remember you know in midfield just trying to press people, and it was like I think it was like one matter. Um, William, I think because Matt would have been like actually Cole prime then as well. Yeah, you know I mean? and just trying to press them, and you're thinking, I've got this, and they just bank round the corner, one, two, so sharp, and you're just like, wow, this is like, this is the Premier League, this is the big, big league. It was, it was, it was a wake up. It was like, wow, this is, this is the Premier League, but. You've got to snap out of it, and yeah. you've got to go straight into the next game because they come thick and fast, and each game is vital to to staying in the Premier League.
0: Did you grow up as champions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, because I always think newly promoted clubs, like you look at like Derby, for instance. No one wants to be Derby, you know, going up through the playoffs and then having like the worst points total in the Premier League. Is that? Do you think about that as a player, or are you just excited to, to play in the Prem? No, you're excited. excited.
1: If, if you know there's, no, up. there's when it
0: comes to christmas mate you're at the bottom like you're like <laughs> we've only won one go
1: look no one likes losing um but to play in the the best league in the world there's nothing like it um so whatever way you you get promoted as championships runners up or fire the playoffs no one really cares as long as you're playing in the premier league it's nice to i, I didn't do the playoffs i we you know we you said we got promoted as championship but everyone i spoke to when I joined West Ham after they got promoted through the playoffs and, and everyone says it's that momentum building and as long as you win the playoffs yeah. it's probably it's a great way to get promoted but I, I look at it the other side I was like well we got promoted as champions we won the league and you get all of the summer you know you, you've you got promoted you're buzzing you don't have to you have that mental block of that playoffs trying to it's so emotional highs and lows to go through it we We'd been and done it, and you can enjoy your summer and be ready for pre-season to go.
0: It's, it's so true, though, momentum, and if you win. like You know Villa went on that run. I think it was when Jack Grealish got punched in the head by the fan, you, I don't, and then they yeah. went on that run, they ended up winning it, they're going up. I always think, though, I don't know what's worse. Maybe what happened to you missing out on the playoffs by one goal, or you know when teams have like, been in the mix for top and then end up coming third, like... It's tough, isn't it? Very so tough.
1: tough, very tough. But like I said, momentum is is key. If you you can, you can obviously win the playoffs and, and get promoted, and you you you're still buzzing, and everything just ticks over, and you're ready to go for the Premier League. But it is a, it's a total different challenge, um, and that's where you know as we said that you know being going up in the, as champions, you then you have to recruit well, you have to be ready for the Premier League because it's totally different to the Championship and. It's, you know, you, you're desperate for points each game because you know how important they are.
0: What do you um, make of Nottingham Forest? Obviously, they spent, I think, what, was it 150 mil this, this yes. year? <laughs> something like that. Yeah, it's, it was, you uh, know, it's I
1: think they've got 23 new players yeah. or something like that. It's it's so difficult. Like, I completely understand their situation. They had a lot of loan players last year that, that helped them get promoted. It's um you, know, you They didn't have that They had a lot of players then out of contract and... You need a you need a squad, but having 23 players come in and s- still trying to work out they all came in dribs and drabs as well. It wasn't all right. Start pre season. Here you go. There's 20. Uh, you know, the, there's your 25 man squad. It was you know one signing, come two, three, four, and they come and they still the season started. They still haven't finished their transfer. So it's very difficult. I think they were still working out who's their best starting eleven. You're trying to get. Your partnerships between like the centre halves or the left back and the left winger and you know you, the two centre mids you've got to have complement each other and that takes time so it's it's very difficult to just go here's a whole new squad and there you go starting eleven you all play and all do well it's it, it take, does take time but for them you know time time is not yeah. on their side
0: there's no light silver bullet I think because you know Steve Sidwell he always talks about when he went up with Reading and they kept that nucleus together they only brought in like a couple of players. And they did really well, top half of the table. But you look at other teams, don't get any new quality in. You speak about Derby, and then they're, you know, bottom of the league. So it's probably why we're not managers, mate. (laughs) It's it's really
1: difficult because I I do agree with with City because we did that at Wolves and we we added a couple of new players, but it was the majority of the players that got promoted that played. But you do need that extra... Bit of quality. You need them players that come in because it's then competition for places. You need to improve as a player. You, you know, otherwise you know you're playing week in week out. Doesn't matter what the score performance is, and and you can't have that. You need to be bringing in quality players to raise everyone in training to raise performances in games and keep that commitment and that you know quality level so high because
0: otherwise you just get in a bit of a downward spiral. Yeah, no, I can imagine. Um, so what years? What what? How did the move to West Ham come about? And what year was that?
1: So um, it was just after. So the uh, I I played for England at the end. or oh, I think it was the March time in um, two thousand and eleven. Two yeah, thousand yeah. eleven. Yeah, Which was that was the end of that season was when uh, Wolves got relegated. Um, we got relegated, and uh, I think Mick McCarthy got he got sacked, and there was like thirteen games left um, when Terry Connor took over, and I think I, was, I think. I think I got about seven goals in the last thirteen games and I had a really strong like I had a good season personally myself and I was I was you know played for England. I was desperate to get back in the England squad. Um I obviously thought that my performances I was I was wanting to carry on playing in the Premier League and um I got the opportunity uh to go to to West Ham. They got promoted via the playoffs um they put in quite a number of bids uh, for me that got re- rejected um but then you know i started the pre-season i did the whole of pre-season I, s- I played a f- first few games for for wolves in the championship and then you know uh, eventually the the uh, the clubs agreed a fee and yeah i moved i moved to west ham and it was um it was all so quick really um i think i, I think it was all agreed on the i think it was all agreed on the wednesday night so I drove down the Thursday. I signed on the Thursday. I trained on the Friday and played on the Saturday away yeah. at Swansea. It's like that quick. Um, but yeah, I, I was I was club record signing at the time, so it came with. It was again, about ten million, with, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it was yeah, it was rising to like twelve seven five or something like that to be precise. Too <laughs> precise. Yeah. Come on, Jack, Get that yeah. in there. But um, <laughs> you know that that comes with a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, we talk about the mental health side of things. You know that you sign at a new club you you come with that with the pressure of being the record sign the pressure of of you know wanting you know everyone wants you or expects you to to transform the team or to score 20 goals or or do something like that so for me it was you know I knew I you know, I was desperate to to do well anyway I was desperate to 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 do well for West Ham I was desperate to get back in the England squad um obviously for, for my teammates uh, as well and it was a, a really good squad of players again uh, a mixture of players that had either been there a while or played in the premier league for most of their careers and it was a really talented squad but th- and they all made me feel extremely welcome and you know got me into that into that team um and that mentality which was which was brilliant um but that that side of things you know if you if you don't have your best game you know you you know about it and you know what a waste of money and all of that <laughs> it comes out yeah um but for me I, I i've always as i said to you earlier you know i was always my biggest critic i didn't need anyone to tell me whether i played well or, or i didn't um so i i i i think my last season in wolves and my first season at west ham i put the most crosses in in europe and the most um accurate crosses in In Europe as well so it wasn't just you know hitting the ball in for no apparent reason you know it's uh it was to players and and I I I started my career at West Ham very well
0: yeah that was like me you know I was telling you about my Sunday league career (laughs) literally (laughs) that was me hitting balls in going nowhere near any players um I just want to take you back through your England call-up how was that and was that a moment in your career where you thought wow I've done it there's a moment
1: yes I'll, I'll I'll bring you to that point but to start with it was just you know we I played um, we played away uh, against Aston Villa in the early kickoff and we won one nil when I scored and um which was which was huge um for for us as as wolves but also for, for me personally because the next day I I uh, I got a text message and it was like you know from the FA you've been called up to to the English squad and I was like, Not a chance. Yeah, someone's on the wind <laughs> this up. This is yeah, yeah my yeah. brother, yeah, 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 exactly. yeah good one, Something mate. Like, April Fool's e- nice. E- exactly. Um and then I get a call about a minute later just to say, you know, no, it's not a wind up. This is yeah, you you are you have been called up. And it was just, you know, absolutely amazing, um, that feeling, um, to to just even be, you know, I knew I'd been, oh, I was in the preliminary squad a couple of times, but to, to actually make the squad, um, was just incredible. Um, to then go and meet, it was Fabio Capello, who was the England manager at the time as well. To, and to be called up by, you yeah. know, anyone was, would be amazing. But, you know, uh, as a, as a manager that with his career and his, you know, acclades, yeah, everything that he's he'd done. So it was, it was great. And I remember my first meeting, I just, you know, just got to the, uh, to the Grove at the time, uh, just come out of the car, just first went into reception, he's there and I shakes my hand and then he just goes, uh, are you pleased to be here? And I was like, yeah, yeah. obviously, <laughs> yeah, this is uh, absolutely amazing. He was like, that goal against Aston Villa, that's what got you in. Really? And I was like, wow. You know, he was was like, it yeah, a good goal? It was a good yeah, goal, yeah. actually, yeah, it was a nice a volley. <laughs> um, But, you know, just the importance, he was like, you know, you were close, but that goal got you in. And I was like, wow, you know, and then when everyone asked me, like, what's your best goal? And I would say, well... That one was just my most important yeah. best goal, um just because it got me in England squad um and then that whole experience being in England was just amazing um it was, it was the first sort of couple of hours was like being the, you know back at school the first day where I didn't know anyone I played against all of them but yeah, I didn't know them personally. Um, obviously, a lot of well, pretty much all of them would, had either been in the England squad before or were teammates, all in top six clubs. You know, I was fighting relegation with Wolves, so it was uh, it was it was just incredible. Uh, and as I said, they were all brilliant to me. And and they, the game that I you know, I played it was against Ghana, and it was at Wembley. You know, it was eighty odd thousand fans. All my friends and family were was there.
0: Was it would it have been pretty new then Wembley, would not it? I would have uh, thought, yeah, ish, Re- yeah, relatively, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, just, just I might incredible. have got that really <laughs> wrong, mate. Someone's <laughs> gonna have my eyes on the comments. Yeah. No, it was built in 2006, yeah. mate. <laughs> um, but just that whole experience, the Ghana fans were incredible as well. Um, just playing, you know, I, I could have played anywhere in the world, but to be at Wembley, yeah. in front of Doesn't all get better my, than all that, my family were there, all my mates, you're so many. People that I bump into that were either like Gillingham fans or Bulls fans or West Ham fans, like in the all in the they were like, I was at that game, and you're just like, it was just incredible. And, and you say about moments, I remember. I was warming up. I basically warmed up the whole game because I was just so excited and just desperate to get on. Um, and then second half started and I was out running up and down on touchline, just looking back the whole time, just waiting for someone to sort of get the shout yeah, on the wave. The go, yeah, And someone come down and waved it and I was like, me? And I was like, yeah. And I just sprinted back. I was like, shirt was off, <laughs> putting it with pads. Everything was ready. I was ready to go. And then I just, that moment that, you know, the board went up, Jack Wiltshire came off and I, I, I sort of, you know, shook it out, walked onto the pitch, and I was like, "I've done it. I've played for my country. Like no one can take this away from me. This is, this is the pinnacle. You know, I, I've, I've done it." And then I know it's cliche, but you, then you're into the game, and you just want to get a touch. I got a couple of early touches, and then you sort of relax Settle into it, yeah. And you, you then you're just playing football. Uh, I know it sounds so, so silly, but that, that's what it's like. That moment, just that two seconds, I was like, "I've done it." and then bang gone. and then after the game you can then enjoy the the whole experience so, you know I've got the shirt there it's up there yeah, on sign behind it. us in the gym yeah, yeah and to be fair the, the kit man was a Wolves fan and he got me Asma Jean's shirt who scored in the game so it's just it's just an amazing experience and uh yeah that that moment is just something that I'll always remember and um yeah it can never be taken away
0: Mate, more than so many players like all my mates none of us have played for england like and it's good that you say you know no one can take that away from you cuz not regret but you wonder why you maybe didn't get more caps for england um
1: well yeah you know, i would have desperately played yeah. love to have had more caps but you know at that, at that Particular time, you know, I look at the talent that was uh, the wide players you had at the time. You had Stuart Downing, Ashley Young, Theo Wilk, Aaron Lennon, James Milner, all of these players that were playing at the highest level. They were Champions League players, they were, you know, fighting out for Premier you League. But yeah, you look at it and you think, well, actually, you know, incredible to, to get in front of them and playing yeah. in these games anyway, or getting playing that game anyway. So yeah, I would. I, you know, obviously desperate to to try and get back, and that was yeah, my whole intention. Was you know, w- went to West Ham, played well at West Ham, but just didn't didn't get the, the opportunity again. But as we as we say, you know, I've got my flat cap with yeah. my name and everything in, so, I cherish it.
0: No, I talk about it all the time. Like wins like that, no one can ever take you away from that. It's a credible achievement. You shouldn't. but Who am I to gob off? I've had no Premier League cap, no any caps. Yeah. Like, but yeah.
1: it's funny. You, you like you say you should celebrate each win, but it's very hard to celebrate. You, Being you, a competitive yeah, guy, you, I know you, I get it. You you you're you always strive for the next. You win a game on a Saturday, you got a game on a Tuesday. That game's gone. You you're focused on the Tuesday. I know people would be like, "Oh, that's so cliche." Everyone but says that, but it's not. Yeah. It is exactly what it was like. You know, I say for instance, while we played on Saturday, we had a Tuesday game, and I was just going out for dinner, for instance, with my my wife or with some friends. I would cancel that dinner straight away because mm. I would be getting you know if, if people were out seeing and you'd be like, "What's he doing out?" you know, what they just lost? And i will be like, I don't need that. I need to concentrate. I've got to be ready again for Tuesday or, you know, and and I look back now and I think maybe I shouldn't have, you know, I should have been able to enjoy my, maybe go out and enjoy myself a little bit more. But I was like, actually, no, I was fully dedicated to making sure that I I gave it absolutely everything. I can literally go, I've got no regrets about any of my career. I couldn't have done any more. I couldn't have worked any harder. You know, obviously, you know, it would have been nice to have scored or done this and done that, but, I couldn't I could not say that I I could change anything because I I gave it absolutely everything and that's that's winning for me that is I've got no no qualms saying that you know everything happens for a reason I fully believe that you know I wish (laughs) yeah maybe I wish that I didn't go into a block tackle with Yaya (laughs) Torre and then done my knee but these things happen for a reason and we'll go on to that I'm sure about injuries and and that side of things but I absolutely loved my career. I wouldn't have changed anything and it, it, it's been the best thing I could have possibly wished for as, as a kid.
0: That's actually one of my questions I had later, mate. Have you got any regrets? But you've answered it now, yeah, so well, sweet. There go. <laughs> um, so, your time at West Ham, who was manager at the time? Sam Allardyce. Big Sam. How yeah. was it working under him? Because he gets a bad rep. Do you know what? And it's, I don't think he deserves it, personally. You know
1: it's, it's, so, it's, it's so interesting with him. I think he's he's such an old school manager, but... He was like the you know the first to be any sort of uh, the new technology and the statistics and set pieces and and like uh, GPS and uh, getting sports psychologists and all of these this type of thing in on in in clubs and you know he he was I remember like the first so so when I signed it was just uh, so it was they they played the first couple of games I think so I came in. And then he broke the season down, which was, I thought was brilliant. He he broke the season down into eight sort of games, you know, give or take, some were six, whatever. But so the first eight games, you know, he was like, right, to finish 10th, that was our aim in the first season, bearing in mind, just been promoted for the playoffs, first season, finished 10th in the Premier League, you need this many points, which is this many wins, this many draws, this many losses, that's this many goals scored, this many conceded, that's... You know, it, everything was broken down to the smallest little bit and like the first eight games, right, we want 10 points. We had, you know, maybe we had Man U, Arsenal, Chelsea in the first 10 games or something like that. And you'd be like, right, we want 10 points. After the eight games, you had a review, we got 14. You're like, Fantastic that right, that eight games done. Next we want eight points from this thing and you've got six and you're like, okay, no problem, you know, two we've made up from the last week. It just it say you were going on a bad run and you were, you know, lost four in a row or three in a row. Maybe two of them were in the, the block before, which is then wipes. So then, you then mentally you're like, We're only we've only lost two. You know, and it just made things so much clearer and the understanding of of what was required from you. He was very much um everything was done like set pieces anywhere on the pitch was like it was rehearsed it you know it was so everyone knew where they were supposed to be and and how where the ball was going and what what was needed from each player and your formation and everything so on that side of things he was very much old school drilled but he had so much all of the new technology and how much how much uh, running statistics in games and how many how many goals how many crosses how many shots you know how many high intensity sprints you've done and everything was so it was a very much a massive compromise of, of, of both sort of characters um but yeah like for for me you know he wanted uh, me to to get wide put crosses in the box and and, and ultimately that was my role in the team yeah
0: cuz Andy Carroll moved there did he when you was I there. remember
1: when I first signed um yeah you know, so you, straight away
0: I'm thinking right most crosses in Europe yeah. like were you Do you know
1: what? Andy had the most um successful uh, headers from crosses as well yeah. so it was like what a dream team this could be um unfortunately we didn't play as many games together as 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 we would have liked but i remember when i first signed he, he, he's like is it done and I was like yeah yeah all sign you like brilliant and he says like i've got i've got something that's going to come that's going to help you and I was like oh all right, what's that he was like You'll see. And then next day, I think, well, pretty much, he signed Andy Carroll on loan. You're thinking, wow, this is going to be... Yeah. There's a this winger, amazing. Yeah. He was brilliant to play with. All he wanted to do was just get the ball and just hang it up. All of you could see him. He's just like that with his hands, just like, you know, just hang it up, hang it up. He doesn't want any of these whipped balls in. He just wanted you to put it up in the air and for him to just come and... not It was like a battering ram, yeah. just, just to clean out everyone, including the goalkeeper. And just his... The way that he, the timing of the header, there's not many people that that can do that. It's like a slap head, just bang. It was unbelievable. So yeah, it, whenever you, you can see see him now, watching, I message him every day. He's you, know, you, guy, you see him like just go, just hang it up, hang yeah. it up. <laughs> Doesn't want any other. We we whip crosses, you know,
0: and he just yeah. hang
1: it up so he can come and destroy everyone.
0: What was he like as a as a player and a person? Because I do think, you know, as I got a little bit older, I am a Liverpool fan, so he never did it. You know, <laughs> yeah, he didn't do it for us, <laughs> but like you know, what is he like? Because I do, yeah, I think he gets a, a rough, a rough time of it sometimes, you know, people say, oh, he's injury prone, he's not committed, but what was your experience with him?
1: Absolute top, top guy, top guy, both on pitch and off the pitch, I think.
0: Well, I the Geordies are a good crack, I, honestly, aren't they? yeah,
1: I mean, honestly, I can't, I can't praise him enough for what he was like as a character. I think his attitude to, to everything, to life and, and to, to football and to away from football was, he didn't, he had that mindset, he didn't care what anyone else thought, and I think that was that's amazing. I wish I had a bit more of that. I think you know you you he you know he, he stands out, he's six foot whatever, yeah. big long hair, he's, he's massive, he's huge, and he just he, di- he didn't necessarily care what everyone else was was thinking or doing, and he would just go out and do do his thing and and as a player, he was brilliant, you know he would absolutely go nuts at you for for doing anything, but you knew what you were going to get with him um so strong, held the ball up great with his feet. I think he's underrated with his feet, but you know, he was fully committed in a in a game. He you know, he, he wasn't necessarily the best trainer, but he could just turn it on in games and was just outstanding. Um obviously he he was fully committed, so that's why, you know, I think unfortunately injury wise he he suffered. Um but yeah, a real, real top guy.
0: Yeah. How did you get on that season that he got there? We finished tenth. Yeah, yeah, we so did. Really well. We did finish tenth.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah, you know, what a season to, to have first uh, back in the Premier League. You know, as I say about the players that were there, you know, they they played at that level. They know the importance. They knew how how to to work the ball as a team. I think Sam Allardyce drilled us in set pieces and and where you were supposed to be in your role in that on that pitch. So, I think we were we were a very very strong team yeah. and. Because of the bond in the change room, I think that, you know, I, I always bring it up um, whenever I speak about like, who, you know, if you were in the trenches, who would you want alongside you? And, and uh, there's you could name loads of players in that squad that would, yeah. they would, you know, anything would happen. Like Ginge, for instance, James Collins would just dive at the ball with his head, you know, just to just to stop the ball going in the goal. And yeah. that was the commitment levels of, of that squad.
0: Who was on the squad at the time when you were there? Uh
1: Yussi Askalinen yeah. was in goal, you had James Conan, Winston Reid, Jerry O'Brien, George McCartney, um you had Nobes, yeah. Big, Jack Collison, big James yeah, yeah, Com- yeah. Tompkins, you know, he's working my way through yeah, the yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. Um some big you know, characters. Oh, then. fantastic. But I mean, that's the that's the whole Kevin Nolan as well, yeah. was uh he was the captain at the time, was was
0: instrumental. What was he in, like yeah. as a captain? But
1: he, he, I've I've been very fortunate I've I've had a lot of really good good captains um in the sense that they obviously were very good on the pitch but off the pitch they would make it their problem if anyone in the squad needed or was needed anything or was suffering or did you know had a question or anything he would he would take it on board and would go and have rows with the manager or do something to t- if it was to help the team or help one of the, the lads he was brilliant at it um and I think that's know everyone says about nobes now and he's he's you know taken that leadership on from learning from someone like nobes, uh kevin nolan and and now he's he's done the same for himself and he's grown and added bits to it now which now declan rice has taken on and that's that's what it's about and captains are yes they need to be playing and doing well but what they do is galvanize the, the squad they keep the change room run you know and i i mean that with regards to Keeping order in the changing room you know there's any arguments or anything it's it's just sorted out between the group and and obviously at that point in time that the you know we we were a very strong um, squad of players and and in in pre-season when any new players come in they just they they come in and they are part of the squad and I think that's why you look at a lot of the players that came in that that, that, um, came in and Sort of got into the squad and were were brought into the team and the family, and I think that's that's why um, captains are, are very important.
0: That last season you did at Wolves, and then your first season, you record signing. How did you deal with that pressure? Because West Ham, or the lad that lives off of me from East London, big West Ham fan. When I told him about this today, he was like, oh yeah, you know, how do you deal with that pressure from such a loyal, passionate fan base? Yeah, it's it's
1: difficult, I have to say. Um, the 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 thing that I try and break it down into the smallest bits is that I I gave it everything um, every single game whether whether I did played well whether I didn't I know that I worked my socks off I I, I gave everything to the shirt and I, ca- I can't you know I, maybe I wasn't great in some games maybe I was very good in others but I worked hard and I made sure that I came off the pitch and thought you know I I couldn't have done any more on in that side of things I think. Having good people around you, uh, teammates, family. You know, my my mum and dad went travelled absolutely everywhere, all around the country. Watched every single, pretty much every single game I played in, <laughs> yeah. You know, from from seventeen to well, obviously younger than that, yeah. but from professionally from seventeen to, to I finished at thirty five. You know, um, having a family like that is 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 so important because win, lose or draw, they're they're there with you. Um, you know, my wife, she's been through everything with me. Uh, which is is a lot, yeah. And you know, I'm I'm extremely close with my brother, and that's you know that's a, a really special bond that I think you know you can you can get slapped back down to reality if if you're trying to go a little bit too above your station, and and obviously picks you up if you if you're a bit low. Um, and that that's ultimately that the the hardest thing in football is to stay level. You know, because you you do, you have a massive high if you win, you have a massive low if you lose, and you've got to try and sort of stay steady in that one one bit of position, and and emotionally, you you sort of try and cut it all out, and um, it's it, it's very difficult, but at the end of the day, you try and break it down. And go, you're playing football, you're doing the best job, you know, in in brackets, in, in the world, and you've just got to go
0: and enjoy every single moment. How many seasons did you do at West Ham? Uh, of
1: sort of, f- I think it was. F- four and a half or five. Four, yeah.
0: four or five, yeah. And then you moved to Norwich. Norwich. How did that, the last sort of stage of your West Ham career and then how did it all come about moving so, to Norwich?
1: So what happened was that the my last sort of season at West Ham, um, Sam Allardyce sort of changed the formation and played with like a, sort of a diamond in, in the midfield rather than playing with any wingers. And um, I found myself on the bench. Yeah. Uh, and I only played, I think it was about 11 games that season. And it, Sam was very much of a manager that if the team won it was the same team same subs for the following game unless anything you know sort of happened he was loyal to the players and you know if you were in the team that's amazing if you weren't it's yeah. quite frustrating um but the team was doing really well so i couldn't really get in uh, as such and every time i played you know i gave it everything and sort of did well Effectively, I was I was on the bench, so I I found it very difficult. I was never one of them players that was able to just sit and sit and watch and, and be happy with that. I, I I hated it to be honest. I I really hated sitting on the bench or being in the stand or if injured and watching the team. I I, I really didn't like it because I wanted to be playing. I wanted to I wanted to you know be in that situation, get the ball, and take players on. And I I really didn't like not playing. So I. You know, I, I did everything possible to keep myself fit and do extra running and extra this, and and it came to uh, the start of the following season, and um, we were in the Europa League qualifying stages because we'd done well the, the previous year, um, and uh, the, a lot of the players that had played most of the games were still off. So he Slaven had just taken over as manager. And so the ones that hadn't played and, and a few of the younger lot were we went and played in the Europa League in the qualifying stages. So I came in and was you know, ready to roll. I, I was I worked hard all through the summer. I was f- fit and raring to go. And I played well in the Europa League qualifying stages. Had a really good meeting with uh, Savan Bilic, who I, I, I really enjoyed his training sessions. I thought he was really, really good as a, as a manager. Um, and he was you know we we start the season I played in every game I played the last 25 minutes 30 minutes 20 minutes 25 you know and it and I was like I wasn't happy but I was like I suppose you know Dimitri Payet was playing Lanzini was playing these players were sort of in my position, position I suppose yeah. so I was I was like these these were very good players um and Southern Bilic was like look you've played in every game but I can't guarantee you're going to start every week but as you can see you've been involved in every single game and then it was the last day of the transfer window and, and Norwich got in touch and I spoke to the manager uh, Alex Neil at the time and he was like look we you know, def- desperately want you to come you'll play and you know he was, uh, it was just on loan for the season and you can go back the following year and and for me I spoke to Stav and he was like look I'm you know I want you to stay um, but You know, I can't guarantee you're going to play. So if you want to go and play games, I was like, for me, I I just hate it. I couldn't do another season of sitting on the bench. I'm just desperate to play football. Frustrating, I can imagine. Yeah, there's nothing worse. You train a week for that one thing and then you can't do it, and it's 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 hard. Um, So yeah, I made the decision to go to Norwich, and um, it was. I remember it was it was uh, last sort of last couple of hours of the window, and I remember I was I was sat at home. Is it as you're, you know like yeah. you know you going to say like yes, as they it make is. it look yeah. like Jim White on Sky Definitely. Sports like, News I was sat like everyone else I was sat there on my sofa watching Sky Sports News um, just seeing all these things pop up and then I get a call and it was like right do you want to go to Norwich I was like right yeah okay and he was like right well we, you need to uh, they'll send you know send faxes you need to sign it and send it back and I was like right okay and I was like my computer's not working. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, driving around. I don't even know. I got in the car, I started driving. I was like, where am I driving? Yeah, I yeah. don't even know where I'm going. I ended up having to go to my next door neighbour uh, and she, an uh, American lady, and she um, she was like, yeah, use the computer. And I was like, right, um, how, c- do you know how to, like, I need yeah. to print this off and do it. And she, oh, I'm not sure. And I, she was t- and I was like, oh, this is quite important. I need yeah. to get it done. Like, I've got like yeah. oh, 30 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> you know? And it's in the end, I was sat around hers I was trying to print off all this stuff. I was signing it, trying to scan it all back in and send it. And I, I managed to do it with about 15 minutes to spare. And then you get the extra two hours afterwards to then finish it. So I had to, I literally sat around hers for about three hours, like going through all this paperwork and scanning it all back. And then my wife came back. She was, I think she was working. She came back and I was like, right, um, I've got to drive up to Norwich That's now. You. And that was it. I left at about 10 o'clock. I got there about midnight, just gone midnight. And then that was it. I was, I was... uh I was playing in my first game a couple of days later. Yeah. Um, did you get
0: a medical like in the middle of the night? Well, that also. No, what did the missus think when you were yeah. round the next door neighbours? <laughs> She's coming right, from work. Where's Mark? Yeah. Matt? yeah.
1: They're, luckily, they're, they were good friends, yeah. so it was all right. Um, no, it was oh, because I was on loan and because I'd already played. I th- you know, it, w- it was it was fine with regards to the medical. But yeah, you know, it was all get the paperwork done, and then I, I, you know, I literally drove up. I got there about half twelve at night, and yeah in the hotel, trained the next day, played the following like day, or something like that it was um and I scored in my debut, which was just you you, you can see, oh, there it's there you see the is photo that the, the shirt, yeah yeah, it's the shirt, and that's the photo, you can just see the emotion just because you know it was sort of like having to prove yourself again, um because obviously I didn't play as much the the year before you 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 don't have that doubt, I mm-hmm. suppose, but then you go to a new club and you you have the expectation you want to prove everyone that you know you you can do it and you're playing, and you like
0: you said, mate, people straight away he's a yeah, waste of money, yeah.
1: So, for me, I was desperate to again to, to do well, and I was in incredible uh, as far as like being ready for a season because I had the pre season and played the early games in Europa League, I was the fittest I'd probably been. Uh, so i was in really good shape i was ready to go and obviously scoring on my debut was nothing better than that yeah. um so that got obviously everyone on the side right from the go uh, and then i scored in my second game in the cup against west brom um and it was just it was just an amazing feeling to start to go somewhere new and start so well and just think yes here we go here we go yeah um and i played i think about 10 games or something and then yes i uh, I decided that I'm not really known for my tackling. I don't really did, didn't really do it that often. Uh, I tried, decided to block tackle Yaya Toure, and and he broke me, um, and the ball bounced out, and I went in for a tackle with Sanya, and then I was like, oh, "What am I doing?" Um, and yeah, so I'd, I'd done my knee, I'd done my medial, and that's sort of unfortunately for me, that's where it all started to go a bit a bit wrong. Um, I, uh, I so I. I I had done my medial, I had the scans. Yes, you had grade two um, MCL. Uh, I was out for about eight, nine weeks, got back, played the rest of the season, but my knee was never right. I'd had so many injections during the season to sort of just get on with it. And it never felt right. And then I would had uh, PRP and all sorts of different steroid injections through the year and then in the summer. And then I come back pre-season I'd worked load done had loads of injection but I'd worked so hard in the summer ready to go and then a lot of it was sort of straight line to just make sure that the injections were working and then I come back pre-season and after about the few three or four days I was like I literally can't kick the ball with my right foot anymore it was so sore um so made the decision to to stop and to you know basically go in and have an operation and see what was the problem and uh Went in and uh, I woke up, and they were like, Oh, yeah, your medial wasn't attached properly. Yeah, <laughs> so I'll I was like, Well, oh, there we go. Um, and then obviously, I did the rehab to come back from that. And which again, we talk about injuries, and you talk about the the whole side of things of not being able to play in the gym at most. Um, training grounds are looking out over the pictures yeah. and you can see you but you look out over the, the everyone else training you're in the gym maybe you're in I was in a, I was on crutches and in a brace and you you can't do anything and you're like it's it's demoralizing and it's you start again like you I don't know if you've you've had many operations or anything but you, you no, lose I've been quite
0: lucky touch wood
1: you lose all your muscle so I had like you know like this little granny leg really you got a bit start from this you start from the beginning you you takes ages to build everything up and you're working solidly in the gym and and you get to a position that you then get to the next stage where you can maybe you know get on the bike and then you can get to the running outside then you can do this and you it builds up but every day is the same and it's you know sometimes it's a bit monotonous you, you keep going in you have to do the same thing same thing but eventually you get to a point that you can then go outside and it's like Whoa, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I got so I got myself back fit and was ready to go and then my first training session back with a I got the ball, I cut inside and I, I shot and one of the players came out and blocked me and I, I rattled my ankle and I was like, oh, that hurt, you know, but it was my first training session, I was like, nah, be fine, i carry on, uh, finish the you session. Knew was and I away, was like, yeah. You knew though straight away, didn't you? Yeah, I was like, oh my, that's my, really sore, so I was like stuck in the ice, so I had to go for a scan and they were like, oh, it's just a bit of inflammation in the back, so I got through to the international break, had a jab, didn't train for a couple of days and then back in and... I, I basically went through that the whole season because at the time, uh, Norwich were doing quite well as well. So I was sort of like trying to get back fit to get it back in the team. And each injection and and it just what I just basically with my ankle I, I could I could sprint and I could run, but I couldn't stop because the back of my ankle every time you stopped it would like basically it was mm-hmm. like bone on bone hitting against each other. Um, and I had all these injections and then and then at the end of the season, I was like that. I'm in bits here. I can't. So I had more injections again through the summer. Uh, come back pre-season and was like, I literally couldn't stop. Like I could run, but every time I stopped, it was agony. It was like s- someone like putting a dagger in the back of your ankle all the time. And I went in for uh, just for a, a scope really to see what the problem was. And uh, on the scan, I know you can't see it, but if 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 you if you can see yeah, this. Yeah. Uh, on the scan it shows that the, the cartilage is there but then when they touched it it all fell off so yeah. like on the scan it looks like the cartilage is there but when I moved the foot it all fell off so I had a hole in the back of my yeah, I think it's the top of my talus and the bottom of my fib I think it is where I had no cartilage about two centimetres like holes where it was just bone on bone so Obviously, it was never going to heal with injection, so I had to have what's called a microfracture, where they drill holes in the bone, both areas, to let it bleed and set. And that's my cartilage, like that's my fibrous tissue, as they, oh, as no. they say. And going from that one sounds of, horrendous, like, by the way. Yeah, but. honestly, it's it's horrendous. Um, and going from that, sorry, going from being injured off after the the flying start I had. To then getting injured to then coming back and not being hundred percent to then having an operation to then not get myself back to playing to then having another operation and it was it's really hard and I went through that with my ankle where basically i I literally couldn't walk without being in pain, and I was like that for about eight months really um and in that point, my wife we just had a just had a son um so I was sort of. You know not moving moving particularly well I was up in in Norfolk um six days a week at least uh, she was up and back and we sort of made the d- decision for her to sort of stay majority down south so that she's got a bit more help and and I could concentrate on on rehab and that's why I say about you know I, I gave it everything because I dedicated myself to to rehab and get myself back. Playing football because it's what you know. It's ultimately what I love to do. Um, but it, obviously, it was also a job and and the the whole package. And I, I wanted to to play football, so I dedicated my you know sort of leaving my I suppose family to, to yeah to 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 go and do it. And I, I sort of was getting back from my ankle, which took ages. And I basically kept on going down to see the specialist, and they would do a scan and see whether my fibrous tissue was any good and they basically, in the end, were like, look, that's the best it's going to be. So, you know, you can you can either retire or, you know, maybe sort of trying, this is going to be it sort of thing. So in the end, I, because of all my operations, I started to, I developed what's called IT band friction syndrome on my right. And because all of my operations were on my right side, because you lose muscle, you build it up, you lose it, you build it up again. I, I picked that up and it's it's like having a dagger in the side of your knee every time you, you run and they were like right let's just deal with that straight away so i went had another operation and peeled all that out after injection after injection so i finally sort of got myself back fit and it was a horrendous journey to be on i i I talk about this open with with yourself that you know i I tell my my wife really because she was the only one that sort of saw me like that but you know I, i i literally would go in training in the morning do all my stuff i'd go home sit on the sofa on my own you know and then do exactly the same the next day and i was in that much pain all the time that i would i would sit at home have a little cry to myself and and away we go um just sort of get on with it because ultimately it was my own decision you know i wanted to to carry on playing i wanted to do this i you know i i got offered a basically i got offered a pay up a year's money at, at norwich um and I turned it down because I, <laughs> I didn't want it. I yeah. wanted to play, um, you know, and, and I, I wanted the the sacrifice that I'd made to be worthwhile, really, as well. And my wife was always like, "You need to think about the future because, you know, you're going to want to play in the garden with, you know, my son, Leo. I, you know, you're going to, you know, I couldn't walk at the time. You know, I couldn't walk downhill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, how was I going to run around in the <laughs> and have a life after football? But I was so focused on just wanting to play football and getting back that that was my, that was my dream, that was my light, and that's what I wanted to do. So, after you know many horrendous days, and obviously with social media, and obviously being. I suppose, in that in that limelight that, you know, they just sort of put up, oh, he's injured or had a setback and everyone's, you know... Straight you get, away, like I said, my footy yeah. fans are like that. Oh, he's yeah. injured again. Yeah. Football you, you, on loads of dough, mate. Yeah. don't want to play in it. Like, just
0: couldn't be further from the truth.
1: Exactly. But unfortunately, you know, no one, no one knows until you tell them. And I was like, you yeah, know, if anyone wants to come and have a day, you know, come and see what I'll oh, do, what I do in the gym all day and that that side of things, it's and that mental side of things and you know being away from everything that you could possibly want I, all I wanted to do was play football and I, I couldn't do it um so finally you know it took me yeah n- nearly it was two and a half years maybe longer to to get myself back fit and eventually I did um and it was at a point that it was near christmas time um I, Norwich were flying at the top of the championship um I spoke to the manager who, who Daniel Farker at the time who I would have loved to have played for. I feel like, and he, he, he said, I feel like you would be perfect for the way that he plays the system. It would have, I would have, you know, been perfect. And he was like, look, we're top of the league. I can't really get you in the team because we're doing really well. And I was like, that's absolutely, you know, I completely understand. Um, and then an opportunity came up for me to just go, to go on loan uh, to Walsall um, and um, Russell Martin, who was at Norwich with me, he was there at the time as well. And, um, I spoke to the manager and he was like, "Look, as a as a as a as a manager, I don't want you to go because I think you're perfect for the change room, the environment, and you know, for you to have someone like you to come on if if we need to. But as a person, I think you need to go. I think you need to go and get back to what you love doing and and get back to playing games. And and for me, I was like, absolutely, I need to go and play. Um, and that, I think that was Christmas Eve, and I was like, oh, well, you don't want me in Christmas data, do you? <laughs> so I have my first Christmas yeah. off." Um, but um, every then, cloud, yeah, yeah. every cloud. But then, um, yeah, I went on loan to Walsall, and I, I just remember the first, my first game, just uh, just little things that that, that make everything a bit more satisfying to getting back. I remember walking out, you know, you come out of the tunnel, we played Bolton in the cup. It was a cup game um, away. And just that feeling of being in the change room, putting your boots on, your shin pads on, and, and going out and walking out that tunnel and lining up and then shaking hands and being like, this is what I've missed. I absolutely love it. You know, it, it gives me tingles now. I, I absolutely love it. And then after about 10 minutes, I got my first assist and I was, I was just so, so excited, so happy. And just, you say like everything is it, it's, it's worth it. And that's, for me, that was, that was just so, so pleasing and exhilarating for me to know that I've gone through that horrendous, it's the hardest period of my whole life to get through that. And now you know your perspective of things change. I think a little bit, and I I feel like I, I I've gone through the hardest times. My pain threshold, you know, being away from family, that whole scenario, just to, just to get back and play. And I you know I, I had two assists in the game, and we lost. But yeah. but for me, it was just amazing to be back and play, and uh, to be pain free, and to to do that. And and I you know I I spent I think about ten ten eleven games there at Warsaw, and. Absolutely loved it. Um just to to get back and play football. There's nothing like it. That exhilaration, playing, taking players on and
0: it's just just incredible. No, no, um, I know what you mean. Like no, they're not even the same. Um, but I know what you mean. Like I skinned my bet ba- who became my best mate now, and I still bring it up and he's getting married next year and you know oh, I'm gonna yes. bring that up in his speech. So yeah, no, I can imagine, mate. <laughs> um, you touched on it then the hardest point, not just in your in your career, but in your life, yeah. What did it? What did it teach you? Did it teach you sort of that appreciation of of what you had, and then you lost it, and you got it back again? What was the biggest lesson it sort of taught you, looking back? I think um,
1: <laughs> it's, there's many things. Um, my wife, I, you know, I'm very much. I probably would have not really said anything to anyone. Um, I think she she made me you know, open up and talk, and and it sort of makes it a bit more real. I think you know, I just sort of as I said, I used to just sit there on, on my own up in, in Norwich and be sat there, yeah you know, in pain and just sit on your own and I, w- I it's hard to say were you depressed i don't think I was necessarily depressed, but I was down yeah. for sure um but i i was <laughs> i don't know if fortunate is the right word, but there was a couple of other players that were on long term injuries at the time, you know Louis Thompson, who was there at the time he he'd snapped his achilles twice while i was there and so he was on the rehab trail the same as me so you know and uh, Carlton morris was also done his acl and we were all sort of injured together and I think that makes it slightly easier because you all know what you're trying to get. Yeah. And some days you'd be like, Oh, I can't do this today. I really and they'll be like, No, come on, we're on the bike, you know, you got the you're on the bike with the oxygen mask on and you're just oh, it's horrendous altitude training, you're like, I don't want to do this today and they will pull you through and other days they'll be doing the same and you're like, No, come on, let's do it And it will just get you through them them hard training sessions and bits where you're down, maybe you've you've gone out and you're doing a running session you're buzzing and then you you felt something you're like oh i come in and you're you're gutted you're lower than anything and they would just be there and they got like i know we you know we we're, we're here we've done it you know that it just it, it makes it sort of slightly better for you um but that 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 period of time was it was extremely difficult and i think that's it taught me loads in myself that i could get through anything really um opening up and telling your deep, deepest darkest secrets to to someone is 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 tough you know i i, I remember Appreciate specifically it, by the way you've only yeah. just met me no? yeah no, <laughs> no. I, know, I know but you know it, and it it's takes what a lot of it mean. does you know
0: people look at me and you're know, our oh, soldiers brave i'd say i find it harder to open up to people than you know <laughs> yeah. other stuff that well the
1: thing is it's you, you, something you've trained for yeah. you show mentally you know what you're doing you're ready for mm-hmm. it in in some sense I imagine Yeah. yeah not that I've <laughs> ever done that but I imagine you know that's what you train for that's yeah. what you try and get yourself ready for but this stuff you, you don't and I, I specifically remember sitting on the sofa when my wife come up and I was just like I don't want to be in pain anymore and that that was the hardest sort of I suppose bit Talking about it and being in that and that that I remember had a trip down to to London with the physio and and that's when they were like, look, that's the best it's ever going to be. So you can, you should retire really. And yeah. I he was like, have yourself a couple of days off, yeah. <laughs> spend some time with your family. And I was like, oh my god! Yeah. Uh, I remember I was, we we booked to go away. It was actually a place near in in Norfolk, and I I was just I was there, but I wasn't there. Yeah. I was so glazed over the whole like I think we we're there just for the night or something. I was just like. <sighs> just I don't, I don't even know what to say what yeah. to do but it's definitely made me appreciate things a whole lot more um definitely made me stronger in in the sense that i i feel like i can get uh, get through a lot a lot more things i appreciate uh my career yeah. now looking back um and the dedication that i've i've put into it and i and i and to get myself back fit as well. And I think that that's, I think that's just sums me up really in, in the sense that I worked and worked and worked and I wouldn't have give, given up. And that's, I'm, I'm I'm sort of pleased in myself that I didn't give up because I can look back and go, I could have easily just gone, do you know what, I'll take the year's money and I'll just sit at home. But I was like, what sort of a life is that going to leave me in? I couldn't walk properly. You know, I couldn't do anything. So i'm glad that i stuck it out and got myself back fit, and then had that exhilaration of playing again and and scoring and assisting and assisting too, yeah and, yeah and 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 having that and i played another year and a half um after that i went to Woking and played locally which was amazing experience um playing in the national league which is extremely difficult um everyone's like oh the national league no it's it's it was, it's extremely difficult league and the players are are fully committed and it's it's really really tough so i uh, uh, it was just great to have another year and a half of playing and ultimately i was not satisfied that's the wrong word because i'd never come to terms with retiring but it was just the right time and mm. i feel like i can look back now and be like yeah i've i've given it absolutely everything
0: no mate you definitely have An amazing career. Something I do want to talk to you about. i have been on the cover of Attitude magazine. I don't know what what year you did it, but certainly football. It's a lot more in the press now, but back then, like homosexuality in football wasn't. No. You know, it was wasn't a thing. It's still not a thing now. Well, how did that all come about, and why why did you do it? Um,
1: So I think it was. I think it's about 2012. I think I was I was at West Ham. I just got I got asked to do it. Um, and at the time, I was like, I think Freddie Lundberg and David Beckham were the only footballers that had done it. Yeah. And I was, I was like, absolutely, yeah. I was like, I, I didn't realize. Well, didn't really think why, why would I not do it? Um, Very good
0: company as well to be in. Yeah, Freddie no, know. That's what I David thought. <laughs> oh, obviously. That's what I thought. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, a fair few press ups went uh, were involved and <laughs> before the shoot, but um, I d- didn't I I just eat anything d- all week. No, I just, I didn't. I don't think I ever really thought how much of a, a big deal it would be. Um, I just was like, yeah, absolutely. Didn't really blink an eyelid or mm. think, why why would it be uh, any controversy? Um, and I, I did it and it all, you know, it all come out. And and that was all I ever got asked about for about three years. Uh, and it was like such a taboo. It was huge. I just didn't really realise how much of a, a big thing this would be. Um, and obviously now it's still you know there's still so much that that can be done um that's you know inclusion and everything the LBGT with everything that's you know it's obviously it's improving but you know it, it back then it was it was a massive massive taboo um so it got so much press it got so much um yeah, as I say about interviews and everything that I pl- I play after a game, and, oh great result, blah blah blah. So about the Attitude magazine, And you're like, wow, yeah. I just, still can't, I just couldn't believe how much um, it it would make an impact, and I'm I'm absolutely delighted that I did it.
0: Did anyone reach out to you afterwards say that it sort of helped them or? Um, I had a few to bring few, to bring, yeah. yeah to bring like more light to the subject yeah sort of definitely
1: thing. definitely um and there's the pride of irons now I do an ambassador role at west ham and they yeah you know, I I got invited down to, to meet them and do an interview with them with sky and everything and yeah it's a fantastic um what 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 like a group i suppose that they're doing at west ham to have the inclusion to come to to any of the games and it's 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 you know it, it makes everyone you know you want to be able to go and watch football and and be included and and that's exactly what they're doing and and definitely i got a few messages i even got went to um i went to parliament uh what someone invited me down there and i went and met them in, in, in there as well so it's you know a as I said, I'm really, really pleased that that I was able to, to have the smallest little bit of impact.
0: Yeah, no, it's cool, man. I'm still waiting for them to call me and get me on the cover. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, mate, I want to say massive thank you for sharing. Love chatting with you. I've got a couple of questions just to finish. So I've told you my best moment on a football pitch at the expense of my best mate, Conor Wolfe. What was your best moment? I mean, you sort of touched on it there. Was the goal that... That got you, you know against Villa.
1: It, it's difficult because your best moment. is... I know you played so for 18 indiv- years. Yeah, I know, so I'm really but, putting you on the spot. But it's Emma. not. It's not even that. I think you know, just even just playing at Wembley uh, for England. I don't think you can. You can beat that. There's so many other things like scoring goals. You know, important goals, but. Just playing for your country. I just think for the for me, you know, yes, it was the one cap, but that one cap was at Wembley. It was in front of all of my family, all of my friends. It was eighty odd thousand fans. That's the pinnacle, and it's a moment I'll never ever forget.
0: A very good one there, mate. Playing at <laughs> Wembley, can't argue with that. And then my final question is: if you could give one piece of advice to a young um, mate Jarvis, what would it be?
1: I think everything happens for a reason. You work. You work hard don't you know the best piece of advice that i you know my my dad used to don't worry about what anyone else is doing just concentrate on you and and things will come you know you don't worry about like contracts and all of this you 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 work hard if you're doing well thing good things will come and i think for me that that was the start of like the the dedication the the desire to to improve i think you know because you're never the finished article I definitely don't think I was still learning when I was at Woking still practicing still doing things after training you know that you can never be the finished article um and you can you can keep practicing you can keep improving and I think that's that's something that I try and instill on on my kids um you know but you don't want to try and give them that that pressure um but for me a bit of advice is you know you've you've got to take constructive criticism I think that that's helpful uh but be your you be your own critic and you know you you got to dedicate your life to something and and if you can then you strive for the top and if you can't reach the top you ne- you reach the next best thing and yeah. you keep keep going
0: is that sorry i just wanted to say that work ethic you obviously had that but is it sometimes hard to instill that into your kids, because you don't want to be pushy, do you? It's a really you, difficult balance. I am,
1: yeah, I I find it very very hard because you want to instill that in them and you want them to do it themselves, but you 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 sort of have that, I don't know, to to, to pushy parent to not be pushy yeah. parent. I feel like I've sort of maybe gone the other way, <laughs> but, but the good thing with with Leo at the moment is he, off the he he's doing a lot of it off the back. I've not I've not tried to push him into anything, and he now practices on his own and do that but i still have that hard part of like right i'll go out like, right can you do this can you do that and he was like no no i'll listen to my coaches and i was like okay well yeah i was actually pretty good you <laughs> yeah. know And he's like, oh no, 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 yeah. no, you're just my dad yeah, yeah i know so that's the that's the that's the problem but yeah you if, if you can have that desire i think that the, there's no one that you know being able to do that for yourself, I think, is the, is the most important. And then, obviously, when getting help and learning from other people is, is tremendous. But if you can have that inner belief and inner desire is is, is something that you, no one can take that away. I know so many players that not necessarily were the best technically, but their commitment and their desire and work ethic has make, given them an incredible career.
0: I'm a big believer, work hard. You know, have that humility to take that criticism as well, mate. Good points to end on, and I really appreciate you sharing, mate. Um, That is the end of today's episode. If you you enjoyed it, if you could please like, follow, and subscribe, as it really helps grow the pod. Thank you for listening, Matt. Thank you very much, mate. Really appreciate it. Taking the time out to chat. You enjoy that.